now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. And we need him now. For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have them signed. This is the Cocktail Nation. On the show this week, Gary Wells returns with a book called Conquest of Cool, a deep dive into the advertising world of the 60s. And it's been noted a specific inspiration for Mad Men. Lots of new music, including one from Laura Ainsworth, plus a look at Lounge Life magazine and deep thoughts from my mind. It is the Cocktonation on syndicated radio stations around the world and on iHeartRadio as we kick off with the Narco Lounge Combo and Alphaville. Nation. 
Destination, Theodore Shapiro, their labor of love from the TV show Severance. And back in your inbox for your podcast is my Anatomy of a Lounge Lothario series. The latest one is Fictional Lounge Lotharios. And if you've got a suggestion for one, I'd love to hear from you. You can email decoctination at gmail.com. We've got Bruce Wayne, James Bond, Austin Bowers, and Thomas Crown. With more to come, so make sure you check them out. Cocktail Nation. Words with Wednesday. You're a librarian, Mr. Wordsworth. You're a dealer in books and two-cent fines and pamphlets and closed stacks and the musty insides of a language factory. Words, Mr. Wordsworth. We need to warn people. If American capitalism can be said to have spent the 1950s dealing in conformity and consumer fakery, during the decade that followed, it would offer the public authenticity, individuality, difference, and rebellion. Hey gang, I'm Gary Wells from SoulRideBlog.com, and I'm here with this month's book recommendation for the Cocktail Nation. This time we're looking at The Conquest of Cool, Business Culture, Counterculture, and the Rise of Hip Consumerism, by Thomas Frank from 1997. It's that time of year again, and due to my seasonal interest syndrome, it's all about Mad Men for me right now. And finally this year I have revisited a favorite and a challenging book from my past, the book we're looking at today. After the Mad Men season finale aired in May of 2015, I went looking for books that would take me inside the world of vintage advertising, and The Conquest of Cool is the one I found. Author Thomas Frank is from Kansas City, and is also a political analyst, historian, and journalist. What I got from this book is exactly what I had wanted, but it was a challenging read. Frank's book is appropriately academic, but avoids being dry and boring. He goes deep into the weeds with his analyses, and this may have fans of Roger Sterling scratching their heads, but the foundations of Thomas Frank's dissertation must be laid, so hang in there. Early on, Frank makes plain that ad agencies in the 1950s were obsessed with research, group thinking, and a scientific approach. Frank also proposes the co-optation theory, how advertisers stole genuine elements from the counterculture, neutered and sanitized them, and used these symbols to sell products to the masses. Later we enter the 1960s and see changes coming to the business. We are introduced to the creative genius, and see how the scientific method of advertising gives way to creative inspiration. Interestingly, the author notes that at this time new consumer demands were actually created, demands that would not necessarily have existed if advertisements did not incite them. Frank then introduces a new breed of ad men, who were not just discarding the styles of their predecessors, but were vehemently opposed to creating ads anything like those seen in the 50s. A more honest approach to advertising was adopted, showing the consumer that they understood and that they were somehow on the side of the consumer and the general public. The reader will learn of the legendary Volkswagen ads and how they broke all the conventions and advertising rules of the 50s. The ads declared the car ugly and a lemon and, opposed to the ads of the 50s declaring the many changes from last year's model, these VW ads trumpeted the sameness of the vehicle from year to year. Thomas Frank declares the Volkswagen ads a rare triumph. Fascinating to learn that in the 1960s, ads emerged that acknowledged they were ads and told you to ignore that and just try this product for yourself. Ads that told you what to buy by telling you not to listen to ads that told you what to buy. Be an individual. Be a rebel. Take 7up's Uncola campaign. Here were ads that promoted not the product's attributes, but an attitude. 
what it could mean to the individual to buy this product instead of the two dark pops. Speaking of pop, Thomas Frank's discussion of the so-called Cola Wars is the most fascinating part of the conquest of cool. Frank relates the story of the Pepsi-Cola company choosing not to attempt to appeal to an established segment of the population, but instead to create their own, the Pepsi generation. Because there was really no discernible difference between Pepsi and its longtime rival Coca-Cola, Pepsi's agency, BBDO, chose to differentiate the users of these products. The Pepsi generation were young at heart, youth after all being an attitude as opposed to a specific age group. The campaign sought to lure the whole country. Who doesn't want to think young and adopt a youthful outlook? When McCann Erickson, Coke's agency, encouraged the cola giant to fight back and adopt a similar strategy, Coke resisted, as they were a more traditional company and a uniquely American one. Pepsi then went a step further and co-opted the generation gap and made it a cola gap. Old people drank Coke. Youthful people drank Pepsi. A line was drawn and two sides were formed. Here's where Thomas Frank really blew my mind. In its haste to encourage youthful defiance of convention, Pepsi may somehow have contributed to the divisiveness of the late 60s. Instead then of Madav mimicking what youth were doing, youth began acting out what they saw in Pepsi ads, which eventually led to social disruption and violence. So then BBDO had produced a dramatic shift that presaged, came before, the vast changes through the 60s. Keep in mind that the Pepsi generation was born in 1963, before the country really started to split. Frank establishes then that real kids, their attitudes, activities, and their battles with the establishment had, in part at least, been conceived by an ad campaign. A former employee of BBDO went so far as to say that he thought his agency had contributed to some of the rebelliousness going on in the country and felt guilty about it. In the final chapters, Thomas Frank drives home the paradoxical idea that consumerism was propelled madly onward by a popular disgust with consumerism. Frank's appendices show much relevant data and reveal the extent of his research and the mountain of old magazines from the decade that he poured through. For many, Mad Men lent a luster of magic to advertising in the 1960s, and many viewers came away thinking that there was surely something poignant and significant going on in the industry during this time. Some may find this book too academic, but this subject demands such analysis and in-depth study as something truly sociologically significant was occurring in the advertising world of the 1960s. So to wrap up, I can highly recommend The Conquest of Cool by Thomas Frank. You can find plenty of copies for sale at Abe Books. If you'd like to read the full review of this book, you can head over to my website. I'd like to thank Coop Cooper and Cocktail Nation. Once again, this is Gary Wells from SoulRideBlog.com and I'm encouraging you to pick up a book. Words with Wellsay. Cocktail Nation.
There's that ego people pay to see. Enchanted. The Cocktail Nation.
Nation there with Thomas Grillo's Secret Agents from the ID. Also played Benny Bennett and Couscous and the Montgomery Brothers with Grooveyard on the Cocktail Nation Lounge Life magazine, your free magazine. It's a flipboard magazine. Links on my website, cocktailnation.net. We've got a great little story about being James Elroy and an interesting podcast that came out recently about uh, LA's last and crankiest literary legend. There's some uh, deep thoughts about sex, love, fame and podcasts and don't ask him about his girlfriends because apparently in this podcast he goes off. Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg have built an epic World War II base in England for a new series called Masters of the Air. Looking forward to seeing that. And the watch that helped Sean Connery become James Bond. I'll give you a hint. It's the Rolex Submariner, one of my personal favourites. On the Cocktail Nation Copé Deep. Fitbits are just like Tamagotchis, except that stupid little creature you have to keep alive is yourself. Very deep cocktail nation.
Cocktail Nation. Cocktail Nation. Lounge Lothario DJ. 
handle. Cocktail Nation, follow the lounge leader today. with the Tiki Vibes, Wing for the Fences, New Cool Collective, Cherry Bond, and the Manakuras there, Howl of the Jaguar. Lots of new music coming our way, that's for sure, and Laura Ainsworth is back with a new album, and a note from David Gaston, producer, who this week got in touch with me, he's been working with Laura, and her album, it's a request album, it's called You Ask For It, it's a mini LP CD in Japan and streaming worldwide. And she's reworked a uh, very, very interesting song, Goldfinger, a sexy ballad that features one woman warning another woman about a dangerous man that she'd been with previously. And apparently after they recorded this version, it turned out that this was exactly how the original songwriters envisaged the song. And exclusive to the Coctonation, here she is, Laura Ainsworth and Goldfinger on the Coctonation. Cold. 
pour in your ear But his lies can't disguise what you fear For a golden girl knows when he's kissed her It's the kiss of death from Mr. Oh. 
Mr. Cooper. Is this Hal Cooper? <laughs> Hello, buddy. How are you? All the stars of love, stars of love across the globe. Hey, Coop. The Cocktail Nation. Hello, Warwick speaking. Hello, Warwick. It's Coop Cooper from the Cocktail Nation. How are you? Hey, good night. Coop Cooper, the love's leader. <laughs> Coop. Direct from the city penthouse. Yeah, I was just making a shake in a cocktail. <laughs> Perfect timing for me. The love's Lothario. Coop Cooper on the Cocktail Nation.
cocktail nation me plonge leader coup de père. Continuation with the Swan Goes from their curious tourist album that you need to check out and grab for your collection, Shayla Shadows. Next week, Jason Whiten from Spy Vibe on the show. Gonna leave you with Dexter Gordon, Willow Weep for Me. Stay up.